Welcome in to another episode of the Dynasty Gambit. I am Devin Deal. You can find me on Twitter at Devin Deal. Mostly bear stuff is all you know. Um, starting to get a little back into writing, so just a little tease there, getting a couple things out and ready. Um, but as always, got some more guests here, or not guests, but actual hosts of the show with me. So in the top right corner, the man himself, Jay, at FantasyJ77 on Twitter. How are we doing tonight? Good, brother. Good, brother. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, a football game on a Thursday that one team should score more than 12. <laughs> there's, there's a high probability of a touchdown from both offenses. Right. Yeah, uh, I would think Jeff Bezos, I guess he's not a part of Amazon anymore, but Amazon is probably not going to be too happy with their $8 billion investment the last couple of weeks of the quality of games they've had. Yeah. Yeah. If I was, if I was, uh, if I was Amazon, you know, I mean, even if I was working in the warehouse, I'd be pretty pissed that my name was just. So <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, having the bottom, Brian at Vandegrad. Good to see you, buddy. How are you doing today? Good, Devin. Good to see you, too. Like uh, Jay was saying, hopefully we'll get a little bit more offense. I'm excited to kick off week seven. Had a, I've had a couple of decent fantasy weeks the past few weeks after starting the season horribly. So my teams are still holding on, and hopefully everybody else's are as well. And we got some injuries and all kinds of excitement to talk about tonight. Yeah, and, you know, with that being said, let's just go ahead and get into it. So, so let's go ahead and recap, you know, from week six, um, you know, just some of the highlights we want to hit on here. Um, Jay, what's uh, what's one highlight or news newsworthy note that you want to discuss? Um, man, I, I tell you, uh, I expected just by watching the first couple of uh, games this year with Philadelphia um, to actually put a beat down on Dallas and, it did not happen that way, you know. Uh, they 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 ran out to a huge lead on him to start with, and then, you know, a lot of that was Cooper Cup with his three turnovers. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Cooper Rush with his three turnovers. <laughs> um, you know, so that was kind of that was kind of a uh, a wow moment. You know, I expected him to have at least one turnover. I mean, that Philly D is is pretty stingy, um, but the other the other side of that too was you know Chauncey Gardner was was injured in that game and decided, you know what, screw this, I'm coming back in. And they got another pick, you know. So mm -hmm. so I was uh I was surprised to see Philly not look as good as I thought they were going to. Uh, I wasn't surprised in the outcome. I thought Philly would win the game. But uh man, Dak's coming back. So let's see what that offense is going to look like this next week. But that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me. Um uh of course you know I could I could I could uh, hit the low-hanging fruit here and talk about how bad my Bucks looked against that that vaunted <laughs> vaunted Pittsburgh D that they have, but uh, I mean, you know, we shall see what's going to happen down there in Tampa. But yeah, that thing that was the biggest one for me. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, I think, like you said, I kind of expected the Eagles to take over and win that game as well, and they got off to that big lead, and it looked like they were off to the race. And then it looks like Dallas kind of missed, and they really couldn't counter those adjustments. So. Uh, they still came out with the win, so and no one got hurt. They're on a bye this week, actually. The Eagles are, so there's a lot of teams on bye. We'll be getting into that here shortly. Uh, but Brian, uh, any news and notes you want to get to from the weeks past? You know, I didn't get a chance to watch as much football as I sometimes do, but I still kept up with it as best I could. My wife and I were at the beach in Destin, Florida, so we we didn't catch quite as much. But I guess the other big game of the week was the Bills getting a slight revenge midseason. So never a bad thing for if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, you know, I was kind of uh, – I was in a lot of DFS leagues and had a lot of exposure to that game because I thought it was going to be a lot more high scoring than what it was. So didn't end up doing too good in the DFS side of things. But, man, the Bills look just incredible this year, man. I mean, they just aren't stopping. I know they dropped that one loss, but they look really good. I mean, uh, and speaking of the Bills, that's another team we got on bye this week. So let's just go in and hit these buys real quick. Maybe discuss some players. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of heavy teams in, across the league that are uh, on by this week. So we got the Buffalo Bills, we got the LA Rams, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So right there, just between those four, 
teams, you basically have the top four wide receivers in the league with uh, uh, Diggs, Cup, Jefferson, and uh, AJ Brown's been a little. Uh, he's been falling off a little bit, but still, he's you know an elite guy there. So, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, do you have a lot of exposure in any dynasty leagues? Any anything or have any bye week issues coming up with these four teams being involved? Thankfully, I don't really have issues. I can. There are, there'll be some teams that uh, won't be able to build a competitive team, but I've got pretty good depth. I mean, but you're definitely, I mean, you just mentioned the, the wide receivers, but you look at the quarterbacks and you're missing Hertz. You're missing Allen. Right. You know, and, you know you're, you're, you're just missing a ton. I mean, obviously Stafford hasn't done much, but Cousins has done fairly well as well. So you're, you're missing top three top 10 quarterbacks as, as well. So I'm looking forward to some of the DFS tomorrow with, you know, and you count in, those four teams on by plus then you've then you've got some exposure tonight and always always on Sunday and Monday too. It's uh, it makes it a little more difficult to fill to fill some interesting lineups for DFS. So, oh yeah, so they somebody said in one of our chats, uh, oh, what two weeks ago maybe it was, um, bye weeks are about to separate the men from the boys kind of thing. <laughs> so if you know this is only this this is only the second bye week of the year. We only have four teams on this bye week. We still have another bye week later on coming. I don't know if it's next week or the following week, but there's going to be six teams that are on that particular bye week. Well, just this bye week alone with these four teams, we have 24 fantasy-relevant players just on offense. So if you play IDP, you can go ahead and triple that number. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) This is an astounding number when you think about it. Like you said, with with the wide receivers and with the – and with the uh, quarterbacks, but don't forget Devin Singletary, you know, a cook, you know, you can throw in a, a Sanders. Cause I mean, he's playing some damn good ball. You know, oh, yeah, as, you know, and then you throw in the tight ends as well. You know, at Dawson Knox, you got, uh, you know, Higby's been playing some damn ball this year. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden you know, Alan Robinson is not getting the, getting the target, but so Higby's getting, I mean, what 45 targets already this year, you know, something along those lines. So, yeah, you got some, you know, and then of course you got Irv Smith and then uh, Dallas Goddard, who's, you know, last week was not the greatest week for him, or maybe the last two weeks weren't, but he was sure enough showing out in the first three. So, yeah, it, it's going to, it's going to definitely separate the men from the boys this week. Definitely. I got, I got a league of uh, my home league with a bunch of my buddies. It's actually a two quarterback league, not a super flex. And I have, uh, this is the players I currently have on buy on this team. I have Josh Allen, Sanders, Diggs, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Goder. <laughs> so I was real heavily involved in these teams. I can still field a team, luckily, but this bye week's going to hurt. Yeah, I was um, going to ask you, you playing like three defenses then? Because, I mean, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty deep league, but there's only eight of us, so there's a lot of good players around. It's the only eight-player team I'm in, but uh, – but yeah, so then you know we got some other stuff going on. You know we got Tua set to return this week. That's another big storyline there. Um, the trade deadline is fast approaching; it's two weeks away. Um, so, what are some players you think might be you know in for a new uh, destination here? Because you know a lot of the times the NFL um, trade deadline is pretty lackluster. It's not like the NBA where you get a lot of you know last minute trades stuff like that. Um, even baseball, I think, has a better trade deadline. Um, than the NFL usually does. But I think it has picked up a little bit in the last couple of years. I think teams are more open to players who are on the you know an expiring deal, trying to move them. Um, younger pieces they're just not you know happy with moving them. So um, Brian, who's uh, who's some players you got your eye on that you're hoping for maybe they get a change of scenery here? Well, one thing about it, like you said, it's not not usually as, as exciting as the other leagues, but that being said, you can also it's almost even more difficult to project because typically speaking, you can, you can identify your buyers and sellers and all that, like in baseball, especially I'm, I'm not as quite, I like the NBA, but baseball, football are more of my gigs, but that, you know, so it's more difficult, but with Carolina already firing their coach and Robbie Anderson already, already being moved to, to a, um, a team playing tonight, then uh, the, the Cardinals and, for me, it, it can make logical sense to move CMC and, and also um, who who else was I thinking of? I, I mentioned earlier CMC and um, oh DJ yeah, Moore. DJ Moore. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't you can't always predict. It's like throwing a dart, but those would be a couple interesting names to keep an eye on. I think. 
Yeah, there was a an alert to come out earlier from uh, Rotoballer that uh, that had, and I don't know how much I like this, um, but they had San Francisco as the the uh, lead candidate to get uh, CMC. Um, the reason I don't know how much I like that is we we know what's what San Francisco does with with uh, running backs, you know, and then they get injured. Well, we already have a. a, a you know, not going to say he's injury prone, but somebody that has previous injuries in the past. And this year, in that offense, with no offensive line, in my opinion, that offensive line has been garbage with no quarterback. He's done pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> yeah. Um, are they painting too much? I, I don't know why they would want to get rid of him. Um, I'm sure some Carolina fans were, were going to be uh, are going to be a little pissed, you know, in, in real life football. But as far as fantasy goes. Man, I I think I'd rather see him in like a San Francisco behind that offensive line, you know that, that they have, especially with the other weapons, the young weapons they have, you know, on the outside, you know, and then use check, you know, somebody that can block for him, he's going to be able to catch passes from Jimmy G. Man, that'd be a nice fit. But how much is it going to cost San Francisco? Is San Francisco going to get in that mindset of like the L.A. Rams did for winning their championship? F them picks. You know, <laughs> give me the, the ring kind of thing. Right. You know, that's what it's all about. So I'm sure San Francisco fans would be happy to hear and see that happen. So, oh, yeah. But I, I don't want to kind of like a really crappy dynasty team. At some point, you just got to break it down, try to sell for draft picks and move on, cut your losses. I mean, obviously, nobody wants to get rid of CMC, but you got to get rid of them at some point, perhaps. I mean, there's no guarantee, but. And that there's just nothing for Carolina to build on for for moving forward. So you know that's one thing I really don't understand why a lot of NFL teams haven't been more aggressive, um, especially on players on expiring deals. When it comes to this, like you know, being a Chicago Bears fan, you know, last year Allen Robinson he was franchise tagged. We weren't doing anything. He was having a terrible year. I don't understand why someone like that is not trotted out there, you know, get what you can out of them because you know they're walking in the offseason, which is exactly what he did. You know, and we have the same thing this year. David Montgomery's in the contract year. You know, there's some teams that could possibly be in on that for a running back, and uh, I just know they're not going to end up making a move, which is just really frustrating as a fan because it's like, why wouldn't you want a fourth or a fifth or something instead of letting, you know, some of these players go free? But, uh, you know, I did see actually on Twitter that apparently, I don't know how accurate it is, but that the Packers – are actually pretty involved in Claypool right now. If he's if he's available, they're trying to get in on that, which that would be awesome for a lot of different reasons because Claypool, I think he's a good receiver. I think pairing him up with someone like Aaron Rodgers, it kind of fits his style pretty well. Nice big target, fast. Uh, but then that's also going to open up Pickens if something like that did happen, you know, so where now Pickens is in the starting lineup, which he is in the starting lineup now, but he's actually going to be the number two option. You mean, of the current. You, mean, you mean Dubs? No, I'm, I'm talking about um, – who did I say? Oh, I thought you were talking about if he goes to Green Bay, stay. In, I thought you were talking about Dubs over there. You're talking about Pickens in – Yeah, yeah, the Steelers. And he's just going to move one more spot up on the on the roster there on but the depth chart. Is he number three now? I think he's number right. two now. I think he's ahead of Claypool. Yeah. So, Claypool's um, been getting a lot of targets the last few weeks. He's, he's, he's getting more. Yeah. yeah Being a Steelers fan, not to interrupt, but the guy no, I would good. be really excited for – Calvin Austin become coming off the injured list pretty quick as a as a rookie. Yeah, I think they would offer off him some opportunities. To be honest, yeah, and and I like Claypool. I, I actually had another landing spot for Claypool, um, but I, I do like the the thought process there. And everybody out there in fantasy world needs to keep an eye on that. And, and truly, sure. if if Claypool gets moved, Calvin Austin is going to be probably the it, it's going to be. Calvin Austin is going to be so hot picking up off the waiver wire. It's kind of like when Javante went down and Mike Boone was hot, you know, and that just hasn't panned out. But Calvin Austin is going to at some point. I but, hope to God as a Steelers fan, Calvin, hot, Calvin Austin's a little more hot, hot than Mike Boone. But um, <laughs> at least he's a rookie, and we, we didn't know what to expect from him. So. Right on. But yeah. I, I agree with your point, Jay, it, in terms of being very warm. Yeah, the Austin Freight train to be coming through for sure. Yeah, and so well, the right. I had Claypool, and, and I think it might even be they, they might Pittsburgh might be able to get more from 
uh, is Dallas. Throwing yeah. him down there, Dallas with, with CeeDee Lamb. You could actually then move CeeDee Lamb on the inside and throw Gallup on one side, Claypool on the other, and then CD open up that middle with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, don't know how well it would work out when um, uh, with Washington – you know, when he comes back in what four years from now, but you know, hey, we'll worry about it then. <laughs> but right. I think they could war for him uh there. And I think it would fit the, you know, the tall, you know, that that tall big body receiver would be good down there in Dallas, a la Michael Irvin, um, in the nineties kind of kind of era. Right. I think it's uh I think it's something a lot more teams are probably gonna be considering uh moving forward now that we've seen the contract prices of these wide receivers just get astronomical that, you know, you have Claypool who's a second round pick on his rookie deal. Still, you have to make that decision or are you going to extend him? you know, and that the odds are, I mean, they, they draft receivers really well. Their Steelers have been known for that. Uh, like you said, they drafted Calvin Austin as well this year, like you guys were saying. So I'd be interested to see, I think if it's going to get an uptick and possibly swapping out is going to be the wide receiver position. So it's gonna I know Claypool is year three. I don't. I know most rookie contracts are four, but I don't know if he's right. possibly one of the few that's on three or not. But yeah, I think he still has one more year. at the end of next year, no matter what. So right, and that's you know that's attractive for teams as well. You know they're trying to take advantage of that if they have someone that's on the big you know contract of twenty plus million dollars to add someone like that. So it would make a lot of sense all the way around. Yep. So it would work well for both teams for sure. Right. Um, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and just dive into this game tonight. You know, we got Saints at the Cardinals. A um, couple different storylines here. You know, Hollywood Brown was officially put onto the IR today. Um, so he is going to miss a minimum of three weeks. Um, it sounds like he's going to miss four weeks um, all the way up to six. Um, but being on the IR, that's a minimum of three weeks. Um, and then we also got DeAndre Hopkins back for the first year or time all year coming back from a PED. So, we have some more um, who's in, who's out um, to get to, but let's just talk about these two players first and how we think they're going to impact players like Kyler Murray, um, stuff like that. So, uh, Brian, why don't you take this? is a tough one for me. Um, so, so you ask yourself, when he's on suspension, I think from past experience, um, D Hop's not, not allowed to practice with the team, I don't think, during during season. Uh, I saw that the over-under for yardage today was 60 and a half. So the question I would have, are y'all going over or under that line? 60 and a half? Yeah. I'm over. I have it under. I'm going under just barely. I see him in the 50s. But got to keep in mind about D-Hop. It's last year he when he was with the team pretty much the entire season until I think what he got hurt in like week 11 or something he played but through the time he played he he was not even the leading receiver last year actually the the since departed christian kirk was right so i don't know how much um i really don't know how much diop has left in the tank i think he'll do fine but if you're expecting a, a top 12 top 15 projection which some of the guys over at cbs sports line currently have him for week seven i'm not sure i'm on that on that train at all yeah, you know, looking at last year's stats, so he ended up getting hurt in uh, week eight, um, didn't come back until week 13, um, played week 14, then was hurt again 15 through 18. But in the, any of the games last year, he never crossed the 100-yard mark. Um, so I think, you know, kind of to what you were saying there, I mean, he was still getting targeted quite a bit, but he was kind of not the same player that we had saw maybe even the first year there and definitely not the same player uh, that we saw with the Texans. So, I think 60 is a pretty solid number. I think it's doable. That's about what he was around every game last year. He had 83, 54, 67, 55, 53. So he's right in there. So that's a pretty good number to put it at. So, Jay, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to take the over. And reason being is it's been 10 months since the man's been on the football field. And you are correct. He could not, with his suspension, practice with the team. But that doesn't mean a damn thing about him practicing, you know, whether it's Call of Duty, Madden, whatever with Catherine, <laughs> whatever he wants on his own time. I think with going back to what you were just saying, though, uh, you know, he played week one through eight last year. They were eight. No, when he when he got injured to start. Right. With. Right. So 
And then he's out for whatever, two, three weeks, and then comes back for one game, gets re-injured. I think he pushed it too much because, you know, trying to get on the field. Well, that's what they all want to do. We, we've seen that this year already with certain players, you know, get concussions or whatnot and want to be right back on the field. They're football players. That's what they want to do. If he would have just taken the time, you know, possibly would have been back for a playoff run, maybe, you know, better. But there was a stat that I saw uh, today with Kyler Murray and D hop last, you know, that the, the last two years, including this year with D hop on the field, they are eight and two. And with him off the field, they're like two and nine or something along those lines. I can't remember the exact number, but it was polar opposites, right? His touchdown numbers, Kyler Murray's passing touchdown numbers were 20 with, with D hop on the field to 11 with him off the field. That's a drastic number as well. Yes, Christian Kirk was there, but, you know, hey, Rondell Moore can play that same position as Christian Kirk. You know, you also got Robbie Anderson coming in, which, you know, they uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kingsbury said he was going to be on a pitch count. He's probably going to play 10 to 15 snaps. Right. You know, so, you know, going to, you know, not jumping ahead, but going to a start sit, you know, I wouldn't be starting Robbie Anderson this week. I want to see what he's going to do with those 10 or 15 snaps. And those 10 or 15 snaps, he could get two touchdowns, and I'll get burned on that. But I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather not have him in my starting lineup getting me zero on 10 or 15 snaps and have him, you know, as, as Jamie in the chat would say, have him on my bench, get me 40 on the bench, <laughs> and get me zero in, in the lineup. So, right. But I, I do think, T-Hop, and, and again, we'll get to this later on with one of our uh, – uh, bets. I think D hop gets in the end zone as well tonight. I think tonight is a night that, that Kyler Murray gets back to being what we thought Kyler Murray was before he did this four hour, you know, a day practice or four hour a week <laughs> practice thing, you know? So I think tonight will be, will be a big game for Kyler Murray with D hop. Right. And speaking of Jamie says, what's up guys. So howdy, howdy, Jamie. It's nice to see you on here. And he's also agreeing with you there. It looks like Jay. So, so true. So, yeah. So, you know, sticking with this game, you know, like I said, we've already kicked, kicked off a handful of uh, storylines we wanted to hit on here. But let's go ahead and dive in. There's been some last-minute news as far as who's out um, that will affect your lineups if you have them. So, um, for the Saints, um, Landry, Lattimore, who's not really fantasy relevant, but it is a big key to the game. Um Thomas well, he's, and he's not fantasy oh. relevant unless you're playing in an IDP league. Correct. He, yeah. He is fantasy relevant to the Arizona offense. Right. That's a big loss for the Saints, man, because he's he's a lockdown corner. Um, he's very good. Um, but then also with the Saints, we got Thomas and Troutman out as well. Um, and then flipping over to the cards, this is where the big news just came in. James Conner has officially been ruled out. So Eno Benjamin is gonna get the start again. Uh we got Williams, who's already been ruled out earlier in the week. So, really, Eno's about a three-down back again this week, which he didn't do great last week, but should be getting the most of it. Um, as we said before, Hollywood is on IR right now. Um, so, that's another player that's going to be out. So, with all these injuries, Jay, um, who do you think is going to be able to take advantage? Is that where you're thinking that the Lattimore being out? That's why Hopkins is going to have I a do. bigger game? Absolutely, I do. And I just checked over on NBC Edge uh, – Thanks to Brian, and it looks like Chris Olave is in and the number one target for tonight for the Saints. So that should be that should be good for them. Um, it should be definitely good for him, uh, right? But uh, being the only the only guy on the field now, um, but yeah, no, that you know with 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 Lattimore being out, you know they would put the Saints would put Lattimore and lock down one person just like we saw with the Bucks, and that's why him and Mike Evans get in it every year. You know, twice a year they, they, they go at each other. He's a lockdown corner. They take out the number one guy. So if with, with Hollywood's injury and D-Hop, there's nobody for him to cover other than D-Hop, and now he's not going to be there. So D-Hop may have a little bit more room um, to open up and, and get some separation for Kyler. So, yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going um, when I said that earlier about D-Hop going over 60. Yeah, it's definitely a little more compelling when you look at it that way, that he's going to have, you know, I can't remember who there are other. I can see the numbers, number seven, but I can't think of his name. But cornerback that's going to be. He's evidently not that good that we cannot remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <there you> go. <laughs> 
Uh, so Brian, um, you know, we've already kind of hit on some of the guys as far as the running backs, um, some of the wide receivers that are out. Um, does he, do you think this means anything for Zach Ertz? Do you think he's going to get more, stay the same? Uh, what are your feelings on him tonight for his performance? It's a pretty tough defense going against the Saints. Well, what I read today, the um, the Saints are pretty good, are very good against tight ends and, and not nearly as good as against wide receivers. But that being said, Urch has played every game. I, I expect Urch to have – we'll get the prop bets a little later, but I'm going to throw out a stat <laughs> line like I did last week, and I was pretty darn close on a lot of stuff last week. To not to pat myself on the back. But I'm going to go with Ertz, seven catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. I would welcome that as I am in a tight end premium league and I have Ertz, so that would be great. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Say that stat line one more time for me. Seven catches. Okay. That's all I need. 65 yards. That's all I needed because the over-under is four and a half on, the, mm. on reception. He'll be over that. And now yeah, we so. did miss one. Um, Andy Dalton is starting quarterback. I do not know if Winston got named inactive, but Dalton's a starting quarterback, and I don't know if, if Winston's available in emergency or not. Winston, Winston is active. active. Winston is active, and he is the number three quarterback, emergency quarterback for tonight. So he is active, but probably will not see the field. You know, yep. so I'm going to bring up a controversial player. Um, how about Taysom Hill this week? Um, you know, he's had some really big weeks. I know there's been a lot of points of contention in the fantasy community with him being last listed as a tight end, um, which he was almost looking that Dalton was banged up in the last game, was almost looking like he was gonna, possibly going to start this game. So he's actually not. But what do we think about Taysom Hill's performance tonight? Jay, I'll kick it over to you. Ah, it's Taysom Hill. I mean, he's either, <laughs> he's either boom or bust. I mean, right. to be honest, uh, you know, it's very possible he could he could see you know what three catches or three you know yeah three catches on five targets you know for twenty yards and a touchdown and then get you know what six rushes for ten yards and another touchdown. Who knows? And he right. could be he could be he could explode this week and be a tight end. You know, it's top top five, top seven tight end. On the other side of that coin, Cliff Kingsbury was asked, "How do you stop? You know, what's your biggest worry?" And he said, "Taysom Hill." He said, "How do you stop him? <laughs> you put somebody on him and cover him, and don't let him out of the backfield. Because even if he takes snaps as as a quarterback, he can throw it over your head, or he can split two defenders running down the field. So, you know, but at the same time." He can also throw two interceptions. Right. You know, so, I mean, I'm not the biggest Taysom Hill fan. He's a hell of a gadget player, you know, right. but he is truly boom or bust for me. I have him zero. I have zero shares of him on any of my leagues. So I just don't look for him to do much. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to have a hell of a game plan to, uh, you know, they may not be able to stop Chris Olave and they may not be able to stop Andy Dalton. But the one person they're going to stop is going to be somebody that I'm going to let Taysom Hill beat him. Yeah, I don't really have any exposure to him in any of my leagues either. But I know the fantasy community in general dodged a big bullet this week because had he been playing quarterback out there and starting in a tight end spot, I know a lot of people would have been really upset and a lot of leagues would probably be imploding over that. So we kind of had some of that happen last year. So at least for this week, we were able to avoid it again. Um, but, yeah, Brian, go ahead. With me on Taysom Hill and a PPR league, like our sleeper, most of our sleep, you know, most of our sleepers, maybe all of them, PPR, I'm going Taysom Hill, double digits, 10 points or more. How he gets there, most likely it's a <laughs> touchdown, maybe 40 yards total. But, and, you know, you can always get a couple of receptions, like you said. It's really not that hard for him if he's active at all in regard if he has any activity in the offense at all to get 10, 10 fantasy points. I mean, it's really not. He didn't get them last week, but the week before he had, I don't remember what, 25 to 30. So he, he had dealt with injuries early in the season, but I've got him in a couple leagues. I'm starting him in part of them, not starting him in other tight end. It just depends on what you got. Like I got Pat Fryermuth in one league I'm starting over, but then I've got Taysom starting over a couple of lower guys. So he's a mid-range, low-end, tight end one. For me, top 12. So it just depends on what you got. You got to keep in mind those four buys. 
sometimes play in a, play a part too. So right. you're really just saying he's a top sixteen top top sixteen tight end if you wanted to be a tight end one. So yeah, so four it, teams it, on by and twelve teams. So. Yeah, it's not that hard to be a tight end one. You know, last year or this year, it, it doesn't seem. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, you catch four balls and get twenty five yards, and you're a tight end one. <laughs> and or you score a touchdown, which yeah, with all- him, he's, he can do it a lot more ways than just catch it. So yeah, that's, that's think, the thing you always got to keep in mind with him. So I think sleeper and every other platform need to change his his uh, designation from tight end to only flex. He should only be allowed on a flex. <laughs> right. <laughs> his flex player. Yeah, kind of like, you know, when they switched like defensive end to edge a couple years back, it's just like, you know, just flex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it looks like we got a comment here from Jamie as well. He says he has Ertz as a top five tight end this week. So seems like we're all pretty high on Zach Ertz. Let's see if he can capitalize on that. And it uh, looks like we actually have another comment here. Another like, shout out to Jay. Does that blue looks good on you, Gator? Yeah, I mean, I might have to be, I might have to become a Giants fan there, Dano. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my Bucks aren't looking that great, so yeah, I might have to just say, hey, send me, send me some, uh, send me some, uh, some of that New York garb, and I, I'll wear it. I'll dance, <laughs> for it. I'll dance for it, and I want B League right on the side too. <laughs> for, I think for the younger crowd, that's called swag these days. So. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm using the 2000s verbiage. The 2020 verbiage is swag. Okay. Oh no, it's not. That's a 2010. Yeah. The new verbiage is drip. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Give me some drip. Uh, <laughs> all right. So before we get kicked off into the stock up, stock down part of the show, um, got an ad read here for you. So underdog fantasy promo code is the same GF2, and you get a deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So go to underdog fantasy. Use GF2 as the code, and you will get a deposit match up to $100. What a great deal, guys. Make sure you take advantage of that. And with that being said, let's get right into stock up, stock down. So, Jay, I'm going to throw it over to you. Man, stock up this week has to be Kate Otten. And I'm going to my bucks for this for one reason and one reason only. It seems like Tom Brady really likes this rookie. And, you know, we all say Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they don't like rookies. They don't like rookies. Well, you're seeing Aaron Rodgers play with one hell of a rookie up there in Green Bay. When you looked at the last three weeks uh, with Kate Otten, two of those weeks, excuse me, two of those weeks with um, uh, uh, Cameron Brake getting hurt and going down with a what looks to be a severe concussion, uh, similar to what Tua had to start with, you know, uh, two weeks ago, K-Dotton had 94% snap share. Last week, it was down to 56. Uh, but it was 56 after Kate got hurt. You know, so he basically played the rest of the game. Uh, in those two games, 10 targets, 8 catches, 66 yards. If he'd had one touchdown in there, he'd have been a top 10, you know, or a, 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 a tight end one. You know, you go back three weeks ago against Kansas City. 67% snap share. He was th- uh, three catches on four targets for 29 yards. Tom Brady is starting to use this guy. That's what you want in a rookie, especially in a tight end where we have no idea from week to week what tight end to play. Kate Otten has got to be a stock up for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. That was actually my pick last week that I wasn't able to give when I was having internet issues when I was at the airport. But yeah, I really, I really like that pick as well. He's been trending up. Uh, Braid actually went down again, like you said. Um, so looks like he's going to be the guy going forward, at least for a few weeks. Um, and even so, I think he's just going to take that job over. Braid, we know what he is at this point in his career. Um, so yeah, Kate Otten definitely way up. Um, I'm actually going to stick with the tight end position here for my stock up, uh, which is Greg Dolchich. So it was his first game back um, from injury this preseason. Um, when he came out swinging, Albert O was actually a healthy scratch. Um, so he was the only guy on the field. He had some missed opportunities as well. There was some plays he was right open in front of Russell Wilson where he missed him. Um, but, you know, first game back, everything like that, there's a lot of, you know, kinks and everything to work out, getting adapted to the offense. But – Coming out to a 71% snap percentage, I think kind of shows you what they really think about him. You know, they didn't ease him back in the offense. 
he was the guy, you know, and he came out, scored his first career touchdown. Um, so I think, you know, the writing's on the wall there, especially with Albert O being a healthy scratch. That was incredible to me that he was a healthy scratch. So um, if you're in a tight end premium league, Greg Dulcich, if he's available, um, he had a lot of, you know, off-season hype around him when they drafted him, but everyone was still kind of on the Albert O train, myself included. Um, but it looks like it's Greg Dulcich's job going forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just had to go back and look at the stats because I was like, yeah, he was pretty daggum involved last week, you know, with the with the uh, the snaps here and all. And I know it's Russell Wilson and all, but dude, he only had what four targets, three or four targets, uh, uh three targets caught to him. Yep. You know, so hey, and he was probably what I don't know where he's going to end up showing up, but probably a, a top what 15 tight end anyway. So no, that's a great big guy. I, I liked him coming out of college. When he was coming out of UCLA, I think he was undervalued coming out, um, and, and we're seeing we're gonna we're gonna see him take over the Albert O. Albert O. is probably yeah. done. That. I mean, you got to think he's got to be done, right? So, yeah, Albert O.'s droppable in my opinion, even in Dynasty. I mean, yeah. barring him getting traded anywhere, I mean, unless, unless you're deep and you can stash him, right? It's the, it's the bottom of the barrel when you're healthy scratched. I mean, you yeah. know. You, you can know, have you can have bad weeks and be on the field, but when you're actually healthy scratch, your bet your coach is basically saying, "Sayonara, pal." Yeah, it's, you, uh, that's you know, never good. It's hard to bounce back from that kind of thing that like Albert O just had. So here's somebody you could compare Albert O to, just probably in maybe in draft capital as well as position. Um, uh, OJ Howard. Yeah, yeah. OJ Howard never definitely never lived up to his. First round talent, yeah. you know, he, coming out of Alabama. He got hurt, but I mean, it was still one of those ones, you know, then he just never got back on the field. Right. Whatever camera break was, what a fifth round pick <laughs> out, yeah. out of Harvard. You know, he, this Harvard player is better than an Alabama player. That's <laughs> and, and I thought for one week he might be having it in 2022, and he disappeared as, far, as fast as he appeared. So, oh, yeah. Yep. All right, Brian. So, how about you stock up? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with two. Um, Ken, I've got Kenneth Walker and Miles Sanders as my two. Um, finally, I hate to see Penny go down the week before last, but uh, Walker got his first career start and had 97 yards, I believe it was, and a touchdown last week. He's not available, going to be available in most leagues because they should have already had their waiver uh, as last week. But that being said, he's definitely stock up. And my primary one was Miles Sanders. They're on bye this week. But last last year, he was running back 44, I think it is, in PPR leagues. And right now, he's our, he's running back number nine. He had no touchdowns last year, and he already has four this year. And he's got, I believe it's 105 carries for 485 yards. I'd like to see him get a little more involved in the, in the uh, passing game because he's fully catchable. He's fully passable as a, as a receiver, too, so like to see him a little bit more involved, but the Eagles offense has been really dynamic. So those are my two. No, I like that a lot. I actually, he was on my list for a bounce back player this year, just because, you know, to go an entire season, getting the amount of attempts he had at the goal line, just the amount of attempts in general last year to not come away with a touchdown was pretty incredible. <laughs> so, you know, he was always fighting there with uh, Jalen Hurts and, you know, the three other running backs that they like to swap in and out. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really – he's he's the fourth leading rusher um, in the NFL right now as far as yardage goes. So he's having an incredible year. Um, a lot of people are just so soured on him. It doesn't really matter what he does. Kind of seems like people are willing to trade him away pretty easily. Um, so if you don't, if you have something, send out an offer, see what you can get out of him. But I like that pick as well. Uh, yeah, as at the beginning up. of the season, a 12 team, I got him, I think. It's either round five or round six, so – with Jonathan Taylor being hurt for the last couple of weeks, he's become my RB1 until Taylor comes back, which isn't a bad spot to be in. So Yeah, and as far as redraft goes, that's actually one of the few hits out of that running back dead zone that everyone was talking about this year because you had a lot of players in there that have not panned out at all. And him being, you know, number four rushing leader as far as the yardage goes right now, can't ask for anything better than that. Well, yeah, I was lucky it, enough to get Walker in the ninth round, so – when you got a player sitting there telling, coming out on camera and saying, do not draft me in your fantasy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he goes off. He's like, yeah, yeah, I told you not to draft me. <laughs> right. 
I'm just doing what you said, boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it always reminds me of like JD Drew, where he was just always just like, or not JD Drew. <laughs> That's baseball. But uh um oh, what's his name? Running back for the Jags. Um uh MJD. Maurice MJD, Jones. yeah. Maurice Jones Yeah, there's JD in there somewhere. But yeah, he was always he always had one of the people to draft him, you know, which you know, speaking of that, I'm we'll get into stock down here in a second, but did everyone see Saquon Barkley commit the fantasy sin last week and had an open touchdown to run into, and he went off at the one-yard line, kneeled it so the clock could keep running. It's, you know, it's that's the price you pay. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a cardinal sin as far as us fantasy players go, but when the team's looking for a win, you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, he was wide open and just took the knee at the one. Well, if you remember, if you remember a few weeks back, uh, yeah, I want to say it was the Browns were playing the Jets in that big shootout, and it was like crazy at the very end. Uh, Nick Chubb come out and said the exact same thing. He's like, I know I shouldn't have run that in, you know, run it in the end zone. I should have went down. And I was like, no, no, get it in the end zone. It's like, <laughs> you win. Right. But yeah. Yeah. They got, we got to remember that they, as Bill Belichick famously says, every chance he gets, I don't give two shits about your fantasy. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. Uh, so Jay, let's, uh, let's just keep going around the table here. So who do you have for a stock down this week? Well, I mean, this is I mean, for a for a first round draft pick two years ago to sit there and all of a sudden get told by your coach you are no longer welcome. It's gotta be Cam Akers. Cam Akers stock has got to be. I mean, we, we I did I think it started the fall last year. And then yeah. of course coming back right before the playoffs, it's kind of spiked back up and then he's done nothing all year long. And evidently something happened in the locker room is from what it sounds. I don't know. Don't have any inside information. I Nobody has spilling the tea on that one. Look at there, Brian T. Got some, got some little 2000 wordage in there. Nobody's spilling the tea on what's going on, but he's benched. Uh, right now he's RB 62. He's got 51 attempts for 151 yards on the year. Yes, he does have one touchdown, but he's played five games and that's all he's gotten. And, and to me, it's just like, it's, you know, yeah, it would be nice for him to get a new setting, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier in some of these trades, it would be nice for him to, you know, to move on. But how do you move on from a number one draft pick, a first round draft pick or, you know, second round draft pick, whatever it was two years ago, you know, with all the hoopla that he came into the league with, I mean, at Florida State, he was damn, he was good at Florida State with no offensive line. And he's not able to do that in the NFL. And I, and I know that the better players go through the NFL and you've got, you know, whatever, 1% of college coming to the NFL. But, man, he was so good in college. And it just hasn't panned out for him. And I don't know if, if it's the attitude. You know, he busted his ass to get back on the field and it just didn't feel like the Super Bowl run was, you know, beneficial to him or whatever the hell it was. But, man, there's a problem in L.A. And it's it's not starting with Cam Akers, but it looks like it's, it's going to be ending with Cam Akers being out. Yeah, if, uh, unfortunately, if you invested in him in redraft or if you still have him in Dynasty, we're hoping for a nice bounce back year this year. And I've got everything but that, which is pretty unfortunate because he showed flashes. You know, he had a couple games there where he was just going off right before that injury. And then, you know, coming back as quick as he did probably wasn't the best thing. But I know, you know, they were in the playoffs. He was trying to get in the Super Bowl. You know, I'm sure as a player, that's, you know, it's what you dream of as a kid. So he probably rushed himself back a little early. Hopefully it's not, you know, a you know, the end of his career, or at least as far as like a main starter, someone that can be, you know, that type of level. But that's a really hard injury to come back from. We've seen James Robinson kind of come back from it. He was looking good the first few weeks and it's kind of fallen off a little bit now too. So it's just, it's a really hard injury to come back from. But uh, yeah, stock has to be way down for him. Like you said, he might not even, you know, he might be healthy scratching the rest of the way if they can't trade him, you know? Let me ask yeah, you this. My, my question as a all that, the Rams in general, have just looked awful as a whole, all the way from Stafford to Allen Robinson to Cam Akers. But if you look at the Real Henderson stats, they're not stellar either. So my question right. is, okay, you let Akers go, where are you going to for your success? I mean, you know, I don't I, know. He had 13 carries last week. Is he completely gone? Maybe he is, but I have a I question mean, on the bye. They'll, was, they'll relook at things and see maybe what they've got. Maybe they – Maybe sometimes the grass isn't greener on the, on the other side of the road. I don't know. Well, you know, there is a couple of 
just want to correct you real quick. He was completely out last week. Uh, 13 carries against Dallas two weeks ago because they, they sat him. He was a healthy scratch last week. You know, and there is some injury. Healthy scratch this past week then? Yeah. And, and when he got okay. – uh, yeah, he was a healthy scratch week at week six, yep. Yeah. What was – what was Henderson's stats? Uh, I can that. Go ahead. Bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, while he's looking that up, you know, there is some also some intrigue. I don't really value this player that much, but that Kyron Williams um, from Notre Dame that was drafted, he's inching closer to coming back. He hasn't started yet this year, but, you know, he is a player that, you know, he had some flashes in college. I kind of, I personally, I think he's undersized. He's a little slow. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, competing for the starting job there. But just another wrinkle to add in to where, you know, worst case scenario for anyone who has any piece of this, maybe this turns into a three-headed monster there. Because um, I know Sean McVay did say that right now the their goal is to trade Akers, but they're not ruling out that he could work his way back into the offense. So, But I think it's going to be pretty hard for any other team to take a swing at something seemingly might be a locker room headache. Um, and then it's coming off that Achilles injury, like we said. So I think it's going to be hard for him to actually get a trade completed. So, um, well, yeah, looks so like we two, just lost. That's all right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to answer his question anyway. His question was, you know, basically, uh, there you are, Brian. So Darrell Henderson last week played 71% of the snaps, was uh, 12 attempts, 43 yards, a touchdown. He also got uh, uh, three targets with two receptions and then Malcolm Brown was the other and he got uh seven attempts 15 yards and then one for one in in receiving um in his you know 13 yards receiving so yeah they 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 faced him out like that yeah but neither one of them did well maybe it is Kyron Williams time he'll be getting he'll be getting close I'm sure they'll give him a look you know worst case name we got to see what you got I mean they drafted him pretty late but I mean, the what the worst thing I think about the Rams is they've you know they've traded away all this draft capital, which you know it's worked out in their favor. They won a Super Bowl for it, but they did not trade any of those assets away for any offensive line, and I think that's the biggest problem they're running into this year because they cannot run the ball and they are having a hard time keeping Stafford upright as well. And we already know he has elbow was banged up all offseason. He was on a throwing restriction, so you know it's. That's not looking good there for that line. Those lines are important. As a Bears fan, trust me, the offensive line is very important. You need one, and we don't have one either. The OBJ rumor I heard last, I think, was the Chiefs. It wasn't. It wasn't the Rams. So, if to me, if anybody's looking for a repeat, I don't think anybody is. But if they are, I don't see the Rams being able to circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills used to. (laughs) Okay, Boomer. So I was going to ask you this question, Devin, you being a Bears fan, with with the the issues that evidently the Bears have with David Montgomery for whatever reason and not already re-signing him or whatnot. And, of course, Patrick Harrison is over here. In the, he's in the comments, and he's a Bears right. fan. So I'd love to hear his comment on this as well. <laughs> let's say, let's say the, the Bears do not re-sign. Is that me? Okay. Not hearing anything. Yeah, you're good. Uh, let's say the Bears do not re-sign Montgomery, right? As a Bears fan, would you want to see Akers try to get into that lineup? If if you didn't have to, if if the Rams just cut him, if you um, want, uh, maybe at the right price. Um, personally, I think I think Herbert's kind of shown enough there um, to be decent. The one thing that's bad about Herbert is he's a terrible run blocker. Um, he just gets mowed over. <laughs> it looks like Patrick says the same thing. Hell no, in all caps here. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it. I think you know he needs to go somewhere like if uh, like the Falcons could maybe take a flyer on him. You know, just someone that needs like a running back upside. But the Bears, personally, I think Herbert's good enough to do what we're doing at the moment in this rebuild. And if we move on from Montgomery, maybe draft someone in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Um, to put a little spark back there, but yeah, personally, I mean, I think it's a very select few teams that are even going to really take a shot um, at Acres if they really want to. It might just come down to he gets cut. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, then I am going to roll right into my stock down, which is Elijah Moore. So I actually wrote this before uh, he requested a trade today. 
Um, but yeah, he just, you know, he's coming off um, a career low zero targets last week, which I think is where a lot of this anger is stemming from. Um, seemingly being phased out, you know, after his first four weeks, he was still pretty involved, had a lot of nice, you know, snap percentages around 87%. And then the last two weeks, it's going down to 66%. 58%. So he's clearly being phased out. They have a lot of, you know, they invested a lot with Wilson. Um, they still have uh, Davis there as well. Um, they invested heavily at the tight end position. So I'm shocked. I really was, you know, thinking he was going to take a step forward this year. Um, so, but right now he's, he's completely unstartable. I mean, in dynasty, you're not dropping him, obviously um, redraft all go ahead and drop him. I mean, there's no sense in keeping a hold of him at this point. Um, the Jets did come out and say they are not going to trade him. Uh, we have already heard that plenty of times before, and then players end up getting traded. But for a second-year player, it's kind of hard, especially one that's kind of you know had some production like he has in the league, kind of tend to believe that they're probably not going to trade him at this time. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's big stock down for someone that I was really high on this offseason. Yeah, I don't know how they could trade him. I, I don't know. I know this sounds stupid because he's uh, he's only a second-year player, but uh, I just pulled his stats, and I thought he did better last year, and I think the the player that I'm thinking of was uh, was actually Devontae Smith. But you, you I don't think his stats – for, for a rookie, yes. I mean, he had 538 yards last year, five touchdowns. But this year he's only got 203, you know, through six games and zero touchdowns. So – I I don't know what they're paying him. I, I can't remember. I think he was a second round pick. Yeah, maybe. he was second rounder. So he's on a four year deal. He's he's basically in his second year of a four year deal, and they're not going to be able to recruit. Nobody's going to give a second round. No, pick. yeah. So you're not going to be able to recruit that. I think the Jets would be stupid to come out and trade him. But hey, hey, we've seen stupider things. Right. So. But I mean, as a, as a player, I love the player. Yeah, love, same. Just don't know where he would fit in. Hey, send him to Cleveland. I will literally take any wide receiver we've talked about on this show tonight on the Bears. Please, someone send a receiver to the Bears. No, Bears. <laughs> so the question is: Bears don't does anybody truly know why Elijah Moore is being underutilized? And all that right now, or no? I, I don't because at first I really thought it was just because Flacco was at the helm. You know, I mean, we saw that connection with Wilson and him last year. Where I was like, oh, when Wilson came back, they're going to pick right up. He's going to have some deep ball catches and stuff like that. But I really don't know what's going on there. I mean, I know they drafted Wilson pretty high and they he was really involved. But I mean, Zach Wilson also looks terrible right now. I mean, it was his first, you know, first couple games back from his injury. But I think last week he was like 10 for 18. Like, I mean, it's not like he's throwing the ball all over the field, you know. I mean, 18 targets, Elijah Moore probably could have got a target, but, I mean, he's only completed 10 yeah. of them. But yeah, that so being I said, sometimes, like, in college, you get over-recruited like a Garrett Wilson, but Corey Davis is having a decent year compared to Elijah Moore, so. Right, and so I just can't make up that his, argument, really. I'm looking at his stats from last year alone. You know, the, the last three games – uh, before he got injured. He got injured in either week 13, week 14, because he doesn't have any stats for week 14. But against Miami, Houston, and Philly were his last three games. He was 8 for 11, 4 of 8, and 6 of 12 in all of those in those three games, respectively, with two touchdowns just in those last two games. And then that's when he got injured. you know. But he's throwing up uh, just on fantasy points alone in a PPR – you know, he's doing a 12, a 10, 11, 11, 14, 13, you know, so he's a good wide receiver too, roughly, you know, later in the season. And then he gets injured. And then you look at his stats this year and they're just nowhere, nowhere close. Like his most targets on the year is, is uh nine with four receptions. And there's not another one. Uh, he's got one at seven, but he hasn't hit. He has not hit 10 fantasy points at all this year. Of course, with no touchdown, Jerry, you know, right. one dimension. So, yeah, he's he's just, I don't know, they're phasing him out. Hey, maybe it's a Cam Akers thing. Maybe he said something to Zach Wilson, or maybe, 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 just maybe, Zach Wilson was talking to his mom. <laughs> we got Patrick <laughs> saying something similar to that as well, that Moore's mom rejected Wilson's pickup lines, and that's why he's not getting the ball anymore. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like Patrick kind of agreed with there, said he'd look great in a Bears uniform, which I could not agree with more 
and he's a nice have, run blocker. You would have to talk to Justin Fields and make sure Justin Fields would be okay with his mom dating a teammate. <laughs> and we had actually Kyle stop in for a second. I'm not sure if Kyle's still on there with us, but he says, hi, everyone. Just checking in as I pulled James Conner out of a bunch of his lineups. So. <laughs> I can guarantee you Kyle is over there scrambling right now. Holy crap, I got to keep <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so let's just go ahead and kick over back to you then, Brian. We got our last stock down of the night. So uh, go ahead and give us yours. Let's just say I don't have – that's my black shirt right here. It says champion across the front. Usually I have a Deontay Johnson jersey on. Right now, no. He <laughs> Over the last three weeks, 12 catches out of 24 targets. 90-some-odd yards, and he hasn't scored a touchdown on the, on the season. Not not those three games. Six games, no touchdowns. And I don't really blame Deontay. He's still the same player he was last year. But the quarterback play has been inconsistent. And this week, Pickett, I think, is going to play. If he he's, I think he's been full practice, but it, it, can he clear concussion protocol? But does it really matter? And it's hard being a Steelers fan. At least it would be somebody's bucks. But other than that, it's been a long year. Hey, man, I'll take your guys' problems any day over the week over my Bears, all right? <laughs> but uh, so did you Did you, Did you? you toss the jersey in the laundry? Is it hanging up or is it just completely in the garbage? I got to know it's that. It's on the floor. What are you talking about? Things <laughs> it's in the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've still got it. He, he's still my boy. I'm just waiting for him to score a touchdown. I'm, I'm on strike until he scores a touchdown. So. Right. Yes. So, like, Kyle's over here talking about, you know, got to take James Conner out of the lineup, right? And he's scrambling doing that. If if this weekend uh, Johnson goes and scores two touchdowns, I guarantee you Brian's <laughs> over there with super glue suing that shit. So, <laughs> that shredder is like, oh, my God. I can't believe I did this. Honey! <laughs> <laughs> it'll look like that. He's my favorite it'll... player in the NFL, no matter what. But, it's, yeah, so it'll it's look like to uh... watch. It'll look like those Bumblebee jerseys that they have, you know, where it's all stripes or whatever. Brian, all he's doing, and this is, I, I think this is a conspiracy theory because I think that Najee Harris is doing the same thing. Everybody's just trying to get their, their fa fantasy value so low that they're easier to obtain for us, you know. <laughs> right. You know. Well, the problem gonna... is I've got him on most of my teams. My sell high with it would have been a long time ago. My my opportunity I, to play him so low is right now. I'll give I'll give you a third. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Patrick, the funny thing Patrick is, just saying they're uh, killing us, Deontay. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just trying to get uh, Patrick's comment in there. Somebody yesterday we were talking about our stock drops. Um, Elijah Moore was actually traded for in the league. If you believe that, so there you go. Hmm. It's like Patrick is saying Brian would wear that glued shirt with a huge smile on his face. So, <laughs> yes, he yes, he exactly. No doubt about that one. All right, guys. Well, we are rapidly approaching kickoff time. So we have a couple more things to get here to. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead. Let's uh, let's give our prediction. Quick. Um, so, Brian, go ahead and give us uh, your scores for tonight's game. Cardinals 26-23. There's a two-and-a-half point, point spread, so I went just barely above that. And the over-under, I, I took the over. So, Jason, what about you? Yeah, I, I could care less about that point spread with Matt, with uh, Lattimore not being in. I went 31-13 uh, Cardinals. So a lot bigger of a blow. I look like you got the faith in Hopkins. We've already discussed that tonight. So, yeah, he's all board with the Cardinals here tonight, it seems like. I went uh, Cardinals 23, Saints 18. Not sure how they're going to get that 18. Either missing some extra points, maybe it's going to be an all-field goal game, but wanted to switch it up to just get all 18 out there. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I think we're all – it seems like we're all in the Cardinals tonight. Um, you know, I mean, take it from me, Andy Dalton is a terrible quarterback. I had to watch him last year for a long time. Um, so, yeah, not too much faith, even with some of the good weapons he has there with the Saints, which – you know, he stepped up pretty admirably, but I saw a stat today that actually Andy Dalton in his last eight road games is 0-8. So if that puts Ouch. a little more, yeah. So if that puts a little more, uh, you know, swaying in your ways of who you want to pick at all. Oof. That's a, that's, <laughs> a, 
man, that's a bad stat. <laughs> yeah, that's not it's not great. <laughs> it's not good, Bobby. <laughs> not great, Bob. Uh, all right, but then yeah, so uh, let's do our parlays of the night here. Um, since we started off with Brian last time, I will reverse it, flip it over to Jason, uh, and see what you think for the parlays tonight. This was this was brought on. I want to say it was. Mm, I can't remember. I think it was Megan that brought it up last week and started asking questions about the different parlays and stuff. And then after the show, Brian was like, dude, we need to start doing this and adding this to the, so, Hey, we're adding it this week. This is week one. We, we would have hit last week. If, if, if she would have, or if, I, I don't know if it's a she, if she or he would have played the parlays that, that Brian and I just made up on the fly, it would have hit, you know, with the anytime touchdown overs and the unders. So, I always thought about it. I'm like, you know what? D-hop, anytime touchdown. And you can use this however you want to. I mix and match. I don't think I do this all as one bet. But D-hop, anytime touchdown. Murray, over three and a, uh, 32 and a half rushing yards. I'm taking the over. Uh, Ertz, we talked about this earlier, Brian. The over-under is four and a half receptions. I'm taking the over. Brian's taking the over on that as well. Uh, the other one that, that was kind of intriguing is Kamara over under 98 and a half total. So passing, and, or I'm sorry, rushing and receiving. And I want to take the over, but this one here, I'm going to take the under. That, that I want to take the over on that because it, it could very easily be like a 102. But there's a reason why there's a 98 and a half. I, I just, that one just kind of is like, there's a might just be a hair more for me. So those are mine. Uh, D Hop anytime touchdown over on thirty two and a half on Murray rushing, Ertz over on four and a half uh, receptions, Kamara under ninety eight and a half total yards. All right, Brian, how about you? You got some? I do. Well, first of all, I'm going to take the over that Megan is a girl. I could be wrong, <laughs> and if and if and if she is, if she is not. I apologize. That being said, my two legs would be, and keep in mind, I, I suggest we start this. It's called the Chrome Dome. That's right. Parlay of the week. That's very important. So I took Kyler Murray over a touchdown and a half. I'm okay if one of those goes to D-Hop, but I think he'll have at least two touchdowns. And the, and the other half I like is Zach Ertz over 47 and a half yards. So we both like Zach Ertz for five catches. Like I said, I've got him, I believe it was seven catches for 60 yep. yards, seven catches, 65 yards, what I've got him for. So, so, and a touchdown. Saying, so. are you saying Murray's going to pass for two, or is this over under on total touchdowns, passing and receiving? Because he's should, got. should have clarified, yeah, over one and a half passing touchdowns. Okay. So, I'm, you know, I'm okay with one going to Ertz and one going to D Hop. So. In the last two years, he has 15 games of at least one rushing one passing touchdown 15. So I, I like that. I, I don't know if I like it passing, but I, I do like it. Um, I do like it as an over total touchdowns. Um, the Ertz, I do like the 47 and a half as well. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. With Lattimore out and the Saints being bad against the pass, I, I feel pretty confident with two touchdown passing. Do I get extra? Do I get extra anytime touchdowns if D hop catches both of them? <laughs> <laughs> then that'll leave me out on earth on the earth train but d hop could catch both yeah well, i uh i actually got one i looked it up while we're doing it I, I mean i live in a state where this is not legal so i'm not too familiar with it i know brian you got a lot more experience in this front but i just looked one up i'm gonna take the over kamara 25 receiving yards what do you guys oh, think yeah. about that one yeah Max. i think that's a slam dunk yeah, that's if that's available. Yeah, you got to smash that. That's uh, he had 25 yards last week, so I mean, right there at it. But then the previous week, he had 91. So, yeah, yeah. My, my whole thing is, I just hope Megan's watching again. Maybe she needs another parlay. So. That's right. But you, you think about the Camaro one, he could do that on one catch, right? Exactly. I mean, most, most players in the NFL can do that on one catch, but it's Kamara, he can have that on one catch and still get you know six more catches throughout the game. You know, Andy right. Dalton, Andy Dalton, you know this, loves, <laughs> you know, loves to check the ball down. So he's probably going to see, I would guess he's probably sees eight to nine targets tonight, Kamara. Yeah, especially, so, I mean, Troutman's still out. 
Yep. This is out. There's a lot of people out. So I mean, he's a fast game. He could see he could see seven targets from Andy Dalton and three more from Taysom Hill. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Over under Taysom Hill pass. <laughs> 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 Oh, um, Lord, that is all right, guys. Well, I think it's uh, we're inching closer to that kickoff time. I believe it's at 7.10 or 7.15, so just a couple minutes here. So I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here, let everyone enjoy the rest of their night. Um, I say it every week, going to keep pounding this. Put your players in their actual positions. Don't put them in the flex. Leave your flex spots open. Um, so before we do that, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to a roundtable, let you guys know uh, what we're kind of working on, what's going on here. So kick it over to Brian. Um, what do you got going on this week? Any articles coming out, stuff like that? Go ahead and let people know. Got two more pods coming out t- tomorrow night. I've got I've got the DFS deep dive, and then o- over the weekend I've got the main main show, and that's with FSQ um, dot com, FSQC dot com. Excuse me. And Gladys and I will be knocking that out of the park tomorrow night, so your DFS plays will be readily available. So that's my my big thing tomorrow night and Sunday. Awesome. We'll definitely check that one out. And uh, Jay, how about yourself? Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody that was in the comments tonight. I think that was awesome. You guys that throw out the questions. Appreciate it. Awesome to do that. Make sure you hit that thumbs up for us, though, please. Thumbs up, subscribe. Hey, go over to goingfor2.com. Get over in the Discord. Do all that kind of good stuff. Come check us out over there. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyJ77. You can find me here every Thursday night on the pregame, except for next week because I will be on vacation I may pop in, may pop in. <laughs> out of everybody. But you can also find me on Wednesday nights over there on Fantasy Intervention. Both of them are right here on YouTube as well. So, yeah, check us out. You know, we're, we, we come in here to have fun, give you guys a little bit of advice, but try to have a little bit of fun with it as well. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it helps win some, some leagues and some games. Definitely, definitely. That's what we're here for. Hopefully we're helping you guys out, making the best decisions you can. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Devin Deal. Um, like I said, that right at the very beginning of the show, which I don't know if a lot of people are on, kind of starting to get back. I got an article in the works here, so might be seeing me pop up there. I'm going to try getting in the collaboration channel a little bit more as well. Um, so you have to be on the lookout for that. I might be popping up in your guys' uh, in your feeds there. But other than that, catch me back here next Thursday. Uh, interact with me on Twitter, like I said, and uh, we will see you all next week. Jay might be there, like you said. Depends how good the drinks are probably flowing, I'd imagine. But <laughs> the drinks, the drinks will definitely be a flow. <laughs> I may have to mute my sound a little bit. <laughs> yeah, be like, I oh, that's. I don't need a message from Jeff going. We just got kicked off of YouTube because of your mouth. <laughs> be like, oh, that's not a green screen in this background. He's actually. Right there on the beach. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Dynasty Gambit.